Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry... We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. M-S-W Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, February 1st, 2024. Today, President Biden finds a way to get arms to Ukraine as Republicans in Congress twiddle their thumbs. New York expands the legal definition of rape. Jack Berkman agrees to be disbarred. A Pennsylvania Trump supporter is arrested after decapitating his father on YouTube. The Texas Supreme Court blocks Ken Paxton depositions. The U.S. State Department is reviewing options for the recognition of a Palestinian state. And the Federal Reserve keeps interest rates unchanged. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. I always feel weird talking about interest rates like we're marketplace, like I'm Kyra's doll or something. <laughs> How's your day? Yeah, it's good. Um, you know, busy today, a lot of errands to run and, um, you know, life management things, those yeah. things. Adulting. Yeah. Busy adulting. Yeah. Yeah. If I could just like sleep and eat and like do news all day, that would be great. <laughs> I agree. I feel like but, that's what you do on every other day, though, by the way. <laughs> fair. But once a month, I adult. I'll check the mail. 
<laughs> my, my mailman must be like, you fucking bitch, get your mail. I'm like, I never got, it's 99% garbage. And I have to just write into the recycle bin. So I always make sure to check my mail on the days that the recycling cans are on the street. <laughs> Here, there you go. Thanks for this. Um, anyway, how are you? How are you feeling? I am fine. You're just getting through the week. It feels like January's been 85 days. Um, we're at the last of it. By the time you're listening to this, it's actually February 1st, finally, which is shocking. But don't wait. There's 29 days this year, so it's not even going to be as short as usual. All week, I've been like, I feel like it's Thursday. Is it Friday? Yep. It's n and it's not even. I mean, we record this on Wednesdays. It's Thursday now, but it's still not even the end of the week. We still don't have a ruling from Judge Angoron that might not come until Monday. A single source told that to Business Insider. I don't know how, how uh, you know, I guess accurate that is, but you know, that's a single source speaking to the press, and that's really the only reporting about it. And then we don't have the immunity. Um, ruling and it's getting long. Oh, I yep. I wrote about it on post. I'm worried that Judge Henderson is slow rolling this thing, but you know we'll see what ends up happening. Maybe maybe they're writing a big ass long old thing and they need you know concurrences and harmony and uh, you know I don't know whatever. Um, but hopefully it comes <laughs> soon. It's just been Thursday all week and now it finally is. So I feel at home. All right. Uh, we have a lot of news to get to today. We do have a couple of quick hits. I make a long story short. Too late. First up, remember Jacob Wool? Oh, yes, I do. And Jack Berkman. They used to hold all kinds of weird press conferences at Jacob's mom's house. <laughs> yep. Uh, and and they, they tried to recruit Jen Taub to say that Bob Mueller sexually harassed her. Then they pled guilty to a robocall scheme in which they told black voters, they targeted black voters and told them if they send in their mail-in ballots, the feds will have all their info and they'll execute search warrants and all the, let the debt collectors know, all that shit, right? And they, they pled guilty to that. And um, I think Jacob will actually use his mom's phone number Good Lord. <laughs> For the, like, just these two fucking clowns. Well, Berkman has just agreed to be disbarred after the D.C. panel said they were going to recommend as much to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. And why the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals? That's who makes the final decision in D.C. on disbarring lawyers. So, But he's already agreed to it. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals has to approve it. I don't see a reason why they won't. Of course, if it's Judge Henderson, she might fucking take her sweet time. Yep. Um, but Wool has been banned for also from trading securities for li like a lifetime ban as well. So <laughs> find outsville. Yeah, fuck around and find out. They sure did. Okay, the Federal Reserve announced Wednesday it was keeping interest rates at their current levels amid improving consumer confidence and a declining inflation rate. Hmm. Yep, in remarks this month, Fed Governor Christopher Waller said that slowing inflation combined with continued steady employment gains has led to an economic landscape that was, quote, almost as good as it gets. Fuck yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and the Fed chair today was like, the economy. It's good. <laughs> Sounds like a weird slogan. Like it's what's for dinner. Um. So congratulations, uh, Joe Biden, and and consumer confidence is increasing. So hopefully that will stay on track. Secretary of State Tony Blinken asked the State Department to conduct a review and present policy options on possible U.S. and international recognition of a Palestinian state. Now, for decades, U.S. policy has been to oppose the recognition of Palestine as a state, both bilaterally and in U.N. institutions, and to stress Palestinian statehood should only be achieved through direct negotiations between Israel and the Palestinian Authority. 
Netanyahu, of course, who has long opposed a two-state solution, has recently rejected calls for Palestinian sovereignty, and Israel is vehemently against any recognition of a Palestinian state by individual countries or at the UN. So that's what's going on there. Steps forward. Um, I think uh, we will start to see more bold action against Bibi Netanyahu from the Biden administration, hopefully sooner rather than later. I agree. Um, but we we will see. Uh, and of course, obviously, Israel has a right to exist, right to defend itself. I do believe that we need to send unconditioned defensive um, weapons like the Iron Dome over uh, to Israel. But I think offensive weapons and anything like that should be conditioned on a, on a two-state solution and a ceasefire, peace talks. You know, come on, let's get, get this shit together. All right, we have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, first up from Tom Winter at NBC. And content warning here for violence. A Pennsylvania man has been arrested after allegedly killing his father before displaying his decapitated head in a gruesome YouTube live video while spouting right-wing conspiracy theories. Justin Moan, who's 32, is accused of killing his father, Michael Moan. That's according to police. And while police did not release the victim's age, public records show him to be 68 years old. Moan was taken into custody about 100 miles away from the crime scene on suspicion of first-degree murder, abuse of a corpse, and possessing an instrument of crime with intent. That's according to a court docket released early Wednesday. He was arraigned at 4 a.m., denied bail, uh, that's Middletown Township Police Captain Pete Feeney said. And it could be Middleton, but it looks like Middletown. I'm so, I apologize to Pennsylvanians. In the YouTube video, which was titled Moans Militia, Call to Arms for American Patriots, and is cited in a police complaint, Moan is seen wearing gloves and holding his father's head in a plastic bag. Later, the head can be seen in a cooking pot. Moan says his father was a federal employee for over 20 years and refers to him as a traitor, calling for the death of all fed. He became a federal employee during the Bush administration, uh, but calls him a traitor because mm. he's currently working for the Biden administration as though federal Just employees yeah. have any. Yeah. Um, and he was attacking Joe Biden's administration, the Black Lives Matter movement, the LGBTQ community and Antifa activists. YouTube removed the video, which is more than uh, 14 minutes long after it was posted. Awful. In a statement, a YouTube spokesperson said the video was taken down because of its strict policies prohibiting graphic violence and violent extremism. Quote, the video was removed for violating our graphic violence policy and Justin Moan's channel was terminated in line with our violent extremism policies. Our teams are closely tracking to remove any re-uploads of the video. That's from the statement. Moan has filed at least three lawsuits, by the way, against federal agencies, including the U.S. government claiming they negligently caused him to take out student loans between 2010 and his graduation from Pennsylvania State University in 2014. He paid a filing fee of $2,000. After his claims were dismissed, he sought to have the judge recuse from the last case because of what he claimed was personal bias and a conflicting personal financial interest. In a legal opinion on the case, the judge called the accusations entirely speculative and without factual basis and said Moan's complaints were the inaccurate allegations of a disappointed college graduate, unquote. Moan also sued his former employer, Progressive Insurance, in 2020, alleging wrongful termination and sex discrimination against men. He was hired as a customer service representative in 2016 and was fired in August of 2017. Looks like less than a year later, after he kicked open the facility's doors, according to court records. 
a district court ruled that Moan failed to establish a case of discrimination. When Moan was filing his lawsuit, his parents were giving him about $540 a month. He indicated that in the court filing, and shortly before Progressive fired him, he had taken a trip to Vegas to see if he could pursue a music career, according to the lawsuit. He represented him himself in the lawsuits, pro se. Moan was highly active on social media where he promoted his self-real, uh, self-released music and books, including dystopian science fiction. A nonfiction book released via Amazon in 2017 titled The Revolution Leader's Survival Guide contains the transcript of a letter to then-President Donald Trump warning of, quote, a peaceful revolution helped led by the author if positive change does not come to America and the world soon. The suspect's mother, Denise Moan, found his father's body and called police around 7 p.m. on Tuesday. When police arrived in Middleton Township, they found Michael Moan in a downstairs bathroom. He was decapitated with a large amount of blood around him. A machete and a large kitchen knife were found in the bathtub. Police found Michael Moan's head inside a plastic bag and a cooking pot in a bedroom. And that's according to the complaint. They also found a bloody clear rubber gloves in another bedroom. In the YouTube video, the suspect is seen wearing those gloves. The National Guard and Pennsylvania State Police were both contacted to help find him. Officers took him into custody without incident around 9.30 p.m. Uh, and one of the folks of the police uh, department said Moan was armed and, and no one was injured when uh, he was on the base. He, uh, when he escaped, he like jumped the fence onto a military base. Oh, wow. Middleton Township Detective Lieutenant Stephen Foreman said police had a couple of prior contacts with this person, some as far back as 10 years ago and some more recent. Uh, and there was no attorney listed for Moan in the court records. Horrifying story. A.G., thank you for that, though. Uh, next up from the Texas Tribune, the Texas Supreme Court has temporarily halted depositions that were scheduled to begin Thursday in the whistleblower case against Attorney General Ken Paxton. The all-GOP court issued an order Tuesday blocking depositions and giving the parties until February 29th to respond with their broader legal arguments. The decision was made public within hours of Paxton's top political ally, which is the former president, Donald Trump, calling on the court to end the case. Hmm. Yeah, the Supreme Court did not elaborate on its decision to block the depositions. Lawyers for the whistleblowers emphasized that it was not a ruling on the substantive argument by Paxton's office against the depositions. Quote, this was not a ruling on the merits, and we look forward to continuing the fight for justice in this case. Two whistleblower attorneys, Tom Nesbitt and T.J. Turner, said that in a statement and went on to say the people of Texas deserve answers from Ken Paxton. Earlier this month, a district court judge in Travis County had ordered Paxton and three top aides to sit for deposition starting Thursday with the attorney general himself. Paxton's office fought that order. I mean, they fought it all the way to the Supreme Court asking the justices to at least put the depositions on hold. Four former top deputies filed the whistleblower lawsuit in 2020, alleging Paxton improperly fired them after they reported him to the FBI for allegedly abusing his office to help a wealthy friend and donor, Nate Paul. Their claims were the basis of Paxton's impeachment by the Texas House last year. He was acquitted by the Senate after a trial in September. And let me remind everyone that these were Republicans that wanted him impeached. Mm-hmm wasn't a democratic thing. Yeah. In a re- remarkable move earlier this month, Paxson sought to stave off the depositions by announcing he would no longer contest the facts of the case and accept any judgment. But it did not sway the whistleblowers who have pressed forward with seeking the depositions of Paxton and the three aides. Uh, those are Michelle Smith, Brent Webster, and Leslie French Hen- uh, Henneke. The two sides are due in Travis County District Court Wednesday for a hearing on Paxton's motion for the judge to enter judgment. 
with the deposition question before the Supreme Court. Trump allies had ramped up pressure on the court to side with Paxton. And then on Tuesday morning, Trump himself weighed in on his social media platform, Truth Social, and I quote, Enough time and money has been wasted forcing Paxton to defend himself instead of defending our broken southern border, which is under continual siege. That was from Trump calling on the justices to end the politicization and abuse of our justice system. Oh, my God. Yeah. The Supreme Court did not explain its ruling Tuesday. It said one justice, uh, Evan Young, did not participate at all. Three of the nine justices are up for re-election this year, though only one, and that's John Devine, has a primary challenger. Mm. So Why? if you're wanting to run, it sounds yeah. like for a judgeship here. We need some judges on the Supreme now Court. Would in be Texas. the time. All right. Next up from the Kiev Independent, U.S. President Joe Biden is able to skirt congressional opposition to Ukraine aid by donating weapons to Greece, with the expectation that Greece will then donate its own surplus equipment to Kiev. That's according to a January 30th report published in Forbes. A U.S. legal authority known as the Excess Defense Articles allows the president to deem certain weapons systems surplus and transfer them to partner nations at a cheap price or without cost. So he has found a workaround. The Greek news outlet, I can't say this, Kathamarini, maybe? I hope I'm saying that right. Please let us know uh, in corrections if I'm not. Kathamarini reported on January 27th that the U.S. agreed to send two C-130H aircraft 60 Bradley armored fighting vehicles. Those are the things that can destroy tanks. Wow. And 10 engines for P3 patrol planes as free concessions under the EDA authority. The package also includes three protector class ships and a fleet of trucks given to Greece as EDA in conjunction with the sale of $8.6 billion in F-35 jets. A letter from U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, to Greek Prime Minister. The Greek Prime Minister is outlining the terms of the weapons transfer and also addresses the matter of arming Ukraine. Quote, we continue to be interested in the defense capabilities that Greece could transfer or sell to Ukraine. That's what he said. If these capabilities are of interest to Ukraine and pending an assessment of their status and value by the U.S. government, we can explore opportunities for possible additional foreign armed forces financing of up to $200 million for Greece. The Greek arsenal holds key air defense equipment that Ukraine needs, including long-range S-300 and Hawk missile systems. Katharine reported that Greek political and military leadership have already agreed to transfer the surplus equipment to Ukraine. The circular arms trade allows Biden to bypass congressional obstacles, funding additional military aid to Ukraine. A $61 billion aid package has been stalled for months due to opposition from Republican legislators. And the White House has said there's no money left to send Ukrainian troops if Congress doesn't budge. And I tell you what, they were almost had this border deal. Remember, the Republicans were like, we will only uh, send aid to Ukraine and Israel in the Indo-Pacific if you put the border stuff we want. Mm -hmm. And so the the Democrats put the border stuff they wanted. Trump called up the Republicans in Congress and said, don't pass it because I I need to run on this problem. Uh, It's my only chance of getting any votes this year if if I'm even the nominee. Uh, And those are my words more than his. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And then... All of a sudden, now the Republicans are like, well, let's pull out Ukraine and Israel and Indo-Pacific aid and do that separately. Let's do that clean without the border stuff. It's just fucking bananas. Like, they're going to do anything they can to not fix the border. Absolutely. really do hope that they um, get this Ukraine aid package passed. I agree. AG, thank you. And last in this segment... 
This is from the Associated Press, and there's a content warning for rape in the story, but I must say this is actually good news that is coming in this story. Mm-hmm. New York will expand its legal definition of rape to include various forms of non-consensual sexual contact under a bill signed into law by Governor Kathy Hochul on Tuesday. The state's current limited definition was a factor, by the way, in writer E. Jean Carroll's sexual abuse and defamation case against Donald Trump. The jury in the federal civil trial rejected the writer's claim last May that Trump had raped her in the 1990s, instead finding the former president responsible for a lesser degree of sexual abuse. The current law defines rape as vaginal penetration by a penis. The new law broadens the definition to include non-consensual anal, oral, or vaginal sexual contact. Highlighting Carol's case, at a bill signing ceremony in Albany, the Democratic governor said the new definition will make it easier for rape victims to bring cases forward to prosecute perpetrators. The law will apply to sexual assaults committed on or after September 1st. Quote, the problem is rape is very difficult to prosecute. This is what Hochul said. She went on to say physical technicalities confuse jurors and humiliate survivors and create a legal gray area that defendants exploit. That is the most important part of this, in my opinion. Yeah. In Carol's case against Trump, which stemmed from an encounter at a Manhattan luxury department store, the judge later said that the jury's decision was based on, and I quote, the narrow technical meaning of rape in New York penal law, and that in his analysis, the verdict did not mean that Carol, quote, failed to prove that Mr. Trump raped her, as many people commonly understand the word rape. While various states define rape in different ways, every state criminalizes oral, anal, and vaginal sexual contact that is non-consensual, according to Sandy Johnson, who's a senior uh, legislative policy counsel at Rape Abuse and Incest National Network. Prior to its new law, New York defined penetration of the vagina or other bodily orifices with anything other than a penis as just sexual abuse rather than rape. That was part of the problem in E. Jean Carroll's case. Mm -hmm. Many other states continued to place unwanted oral or anal sexual contact in a category other than rape. Johnson said New York's guidelines validate what has happened to survivors. At Tuesday's bill signing, uh, State Senator Brad Hoyleman Siegel who sponsored the legislation, said the new changes would also make it easier for members of the LGBTQ community to hold perpetrators of sex crimes accountable. This is huge and so important. Quote, we can't have our laws ignore the reality that so many New Yorkers, particularly LGBTQ New Yorkers, among others, have experienced. This is what the Democrats said. Went on to say, before today, many of those assaults wouldn't be able to be classified as rape in New York State, he said, but now we fix that language. And this is a big deal. This is huge. Yeah. It had to be penetration of the vagina with a penis. Yep. That's it. That's the only definition of rape that they had. I'm so glad they've changed this. I hope other states follow who who don't already have um, this language on the books. All right. We have a lot of good news to get to, but we do have to take a quick break. Everybody send your good news to us. Dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. We'll be right back. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And if you have good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play what the mutt, cat me if you can, what the hell's in that shell, what's the model of your oxalotl opine on the bovine, what the heck wine, 
what the fark is in your arc, send it to us, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. Anything else, shout outs. We really love the VA stories. And we also really uh, are appreciating um, all of the student debt relief stories. Shout out to, oh, they're so great. Shout outs to loved ones. um, Shit kids say, small businesses in your area, your small business, anything at all you want to send it, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. First up from Amy M, pronoun she and her. I wanted to do a shout out to my awesome younger sister, Meg, who turned 47. We grew up in the same area of Ohio. Uh, I'm her hot mess older sister and could not get my shit together enough before her birthday to remember. But when I talked to her on her birthday, I could see she was it was not going as planned. I knew she needed a beans support statement right away. She has the biggest heart of anyone I know, and she's the bravest face about how easily it gets hurt. And while she shouldn't be suffering that heartache, she bravely gets up and chooses to love again. Oh, I love that. She turned me on to the beans in late 2022. I've been a listener and patron since. We talk or text daily about what we learn, and we have an inside joke with Dana that Dana does not know about. Oh, really? (laughs) Call it a misheard set of initials. When I first started listening to Dana, I would talk about raising money for HRC. I was like, great, but couldn't figure out why Hillary Rodham Clinton was still raising <laughs> money in late 2022. I figured it out, but I'm embarrassed to say it took longer than it should have. And I confess this to Meg, so we laugh about it every time. Every time Dana says she's doing another HRC benefit. Not because <laughs> of the human rights campaign, and it isn't awesome, but because I am not on my game first thing in the morning when I listen to the morning when I listen in the morning. We love and support all the HRC is about. Actually, both of them. Uh, back to my shout out. My sister rocks. She's an amazing aunt to all of her nieces and nephews who adore her. And she's a true animal lover and a great dog mom. So happy birthday, baby sis. May this year be full of joy and redemption and much, much, much better days. Pet tax. Here are two sweet doggos, Raina the Roddy and Hans the Doxy, being all spoiled and snuggled on the couch. Aww. A Roddy and a Doxy. Look at the size difference. I know. It's amazing. Well, gosh darn. Happy belated birthday. Gosh darn it. Yeah, the Fargo there. I yeah, I think I'm still in Fargo mode from yesterday's episode. Darn it. <laughs> um, but happy birthday. Seriously. Absolutely. This one's from Shauna, pronoun she and her. I don't have much to say. I just want to see my cats. I just want you to see my cats. <laughs> they are apparently brothers, but they are complete opposites. The one in the tree is Audie, and the fluffy guy is Mark. Mark with a C. (laughs) With a C. I'm a transplant from Jack, and now I'm a legume consumer and a cleanup on 45 listener. Your support for the LGBTQ plus community really hits my heart. I feel like I fall somewhere in there, but I also have family and friends that identify as LGBTQ plus, including my mother, who came out at the ripe age of 50. Go, mom. She now has a lovely partner who's just what we needed in our family. Thank you for your support guess I have a story after all. Thanks, babes. Shauna, I love this submission. And I love that your mother came out at 50. It has a partner. Good. I hope the rest of her days are blissful in love with this woman. Oh, my God. Look at Audie and Mark. <laughs> Look at Mark. Oh, my goodness. He's doing a lewd. <laughs> that is a big, big, floofy cat. So adorable. Yeah. Thank you for that. What a great submission. All right, next up, sea salt, pronouns he and him. Hi there, royals, royalty of the beans. Some pronunciation info. 
I'm a physician and I practice sleep medicine, helping people who sleep too much as well as people who cannot sleep, insomnia. I also treat substance use disorders. In other words, I treat people with medicines like Ambien and ProVigil and also people who use too much of them. ProVigil is pronounced like vigilance, ProVigil, hence why it's called ProVigil. <laughs> I, I picked that up the other day, Sea Salt. Thank you. As for my thesis, the title of which was inscribed in full on my diploma, <laughs> it's, quote, the effects of whole body ultraviolet radiation on hamster model of coal workers pneumoconiosis. Pneumoconiosis? <laughs> I want to say that looks right. You know what is sad here, Dana? I sat on the board peer reviewing stuff about people exposed to radiation because oh, really? of my training in the Navy. And I'm like, uh, ultraviolet radiation, pneumoconiosis. I, I should know this word. I really should. <laughs> I, I put an Enya in there. I made it a Spanish word. Pneumoconiosis. <laughs> oh, okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, finally. Sea salt continues. As I write this, I'm not at home, so I can't give you a picture for pet tax. Rather, I give you the gift of pointing you to the Mutz comic strip. Link in the show notes, mutz.com. The main characters are a pet dog and a pet cat who has a lisp. It's a comic strip with a mission. Quote, at Mutz, we are dedicated to helping animals and the planet. We give back by supporting local shelters and rescue groups and by donating to animal rescue across the globe. Right now, there's a link on the homepage to, quote, the guard dog story. It's a long comic strip arc about a lovable dog who for years was kept chained up in the backyard before being abandoned while, while still chained by his <sighs> owner. It's worth reading. I'm not going to reveal any spoilers here. The artist is Patrick McDonald. Some of his books are well worth reading, too, including Heart to Heart, a book he co-authored with His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. Wow. Keep up the great work, AG and DG. I so love starting my mornings with you, especially how you how you temper the news with good news. Sea salt, thank you. It's a really beautiful cover to a book, too. I love that illustration. Yeah, me too. Yes, AG, thank you so much for that. This one is from Steve, no pronouns given. Good morning, ladies. I'd like to give a shout out to our son, Adam. 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 He worked hard and graduated from Virginia Tech with his doctorate in civil engineering. Adam. Speci yep, specialization in a structural steel at the age of 26. Adam. He taught at Washington State University for six years before he returned to his alma mater, VT. He's a wonderful husband and father to our two granddaughters, always spending quality family time. Adam. His dissertation title is Large-Scale Cyclic Testing and Development of Ring-Shaped Steel Plate Shear Walls for Improved Seismic Performance of Buildings. Oh, Boom. Yeah, I get that one. I took mm. materials, right? Nice. All that toughness, ductility and all that. Nah. Look at you. Now, this is important for buildings in earthquake-prone areas, his dissertation, especially for that. He is our pride and joy. Love you guys. Keep up the great reporting. And congratulations, Adam. Thank Adam. you, Steve, for the submission. We'll have to have a conversation about interstitial point defects at some point. Uh, look how cute Adam and his family are. Look at this family. This is Aristotle's perfect form family. Love it. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Adam. All right, next up from Anonymous Mom. No pronouns. Hi, Beans Queens. Thanks so much for everything you both do. I've been listening to all the MSW podcasts for about a year now. I love the good news feature. Now it's my turn. I have known this submission was coming, and every time I thought of it, my stomach did flip-flops. 
I can't even describe to you how freaking amazing this is. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> My son has had a series of medical challenges and diagnoses spanning his entire life. He's currently almost 17. Uh, the the PI, the pie, is a picture of him uh, when he was about four months old. One of those challenges is severe difficulty with eating, as in it's physiologically hard for him. He went to nasogastric NG feeding tube. That's the fun kind that goes in your nose and down into your stomach. So fun to place into a one-year-old. Uh, when he was one, he had a G tube surgically placed when he was two. Our goal has always been to find, uh, to has been for him to eat 100% of the calories he needs to grow and sustain his weight. The years included diligent tracking of every damn calorie, blending up his own food and learning how to syringe it into a tube without spraying it all over the walls. Two weeks in a feeding clinic out of state and a misdiagnosis of tongue tie that was not caught until he was seven years old. Wow. Kids with tubes don't learn what hungry feels like and they need to learn. So there was that as well. And when he was younger, tons of behaviors because, of course, not eating was not enjoyable uh, to him whatsoever. My kiddo, my spouse, and I have all worked very hard. I'm so happy to tell you that last week his feeding tube was removed. Amazing. Six months ago, he decided he wanted to try to go without it, and he was able to do it. It's out. It's gone. I was not sure this day would ever come, but he has grown and matured so much and really taken ownership of this. Eating will always be harder for him than it is for most everyone else, but it's just amazing that this is where we are. God damn, I'm so proud of that kid. As pod pet tax, attached is a picture of our tripod, Rosie, who has an amazing story of her own. She's from Guatemala, but never mind. That's a story for another day. Love to you both and happy belated birthday, AG. Oh, anonymous. Look at this beautiful baby. Oh. And, and the there's the, the tripod pup. Yeah, we're going to, I'm going to need you, anonymous mom, to send in the story of the tripod pup at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but this wow, story is phenomenal, though. I'm 17 years. I know. Oh, all the work. Yep. Gosh, I can't even imagine. Family of heroes right there. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everybody, for all your incredible submissions, all the amazing stuff, all the birthdays, um, and, and keep sending it to us. We would love to hear from you. You can send stuff by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Dana, do you have any final thoughts for us? I do this time, AG. I'm going to be in New York this weekend for my first gala for the Human for Rights for Campaign. Hillary Rodham Clinton. My for HRC. We're going to raise some money for HRC. I wish, actually. <laughs> um, but this one's for the Human Rights Campaign. And we are honoring um, uh, Coleman Domingo. Coleman, ah. uh, yes, from, from Ruston. Yeah, Coleman Domingo. He's up for the best best uh, actor uh, for the Oscars. We're honoring him. He is a out and proud gay man. We are also honoring Trace Lisette. And if you have not seen the movie Monica, I implore you to find a way to watch it. It is a powerful story of a beautiful trans woman. Monica, I mean, Monica is portrayed so beautifully by Trace Lisette. It is worth the watch. I, I hope that you go support this artist. Uh, phenomenal. She should have gotten at least a nomination for her role her as lead actress and did not. Uh, and she fought for it. Trust me, she did. So we're going to be honoring Coleman Domingo and Trace Lisette this week. And I'm going to be raising a lot of money because we have a hell of a fight ahead of us. 
for equality in 2024 and to keep the White House blue and the Senate kept and the House flipped. So we have a lot of work to do. Yeah. And as we know, as much as we vote and keep voting for Democrats, we still have this goddamn Supreme Court legitimacy problem that's going to keep doing terrible things uh, in in this country. Um, so that is why it's so important to support HRC and Lambda Legal and all of the other organizations, Dana, that you help raise money for. Thank you, Absolutely. my friend, for the work that you do because it's, yes. it's, it's a fight. It's an ongoing fight just like democracy. Um, thank you all so much. Again, send your stuff in dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact and uh, we'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.